I think that's a video original, isn't it? Very well done. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone. Uh, I'd like to begin my program, as I always do, by quoting Baba, who began every one of his talks by saying in Hindi, Sabko Varasanmane Kesat Premse Agat Swagat. Is that what he said? <laughs> I, I had a senior moment there. And he said, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Uh, and um, uh, he said that was the essence of spirituality. Uh, and it's a, it's a wonderful day to be back in the ashram and also celebrating Divya Diksha Din. We used to write DDD. Divya, divine. Diksha, initiation, din, the day of, day. The day of divine initiation, uh, which happened, uh, by the way, are we too warm in here? What, what can we do about that? All right, let's not freeze ourselves, but, all right, let's do something. Open the window? Okay. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> so, um, where was I? Right. I had a point, but I've lost it now. <clears throat> so, it was, the day was actually August 15th. So, today's the 13th, isn't it? August 15th, 1947, that this uh, event happened where Bhagavan Nityananda transmitted his shakti, his spiritual energy, to Baba, as Swami Durgananda so beautifully talked about. Um, and it also turned out that that was the day that India was independent, made in, it's in the Indian Independence Day. Um, and uh, it was also Sri Aurobindo's birthday. And it's also Girish's birthday, but we won't mention that. <laughs> but not 1947. <clears throat> So anyway, uh, we celebrate that initiation and that connection and that transmission in all of us because we have that moment in common. We have a common ancestor. That moment is part of everybody's initiation who does this practice. So uh, in celebrating Baba with Bhagwan, we celebrate our own connection, when we discovered there is a realm called the divine, the shakti, when we connected to it, we first felt it. Uh, <clears throat> I, I liked uh, Swami Durgananda's story, reminded me of several things. I'll tell you one. Um, there were a couple I thought of, but, no. but uh, the one I remember was um, I was in Ann Arbor and um, the rules for me were that I was desperate to go see Baba wherever, because he was in America, but I could only go if he called me. That was the rules. I don't know if those were real rules or just my own rules, <laughs> but uh, that was certainly the way it seemed for me. I think it was true. Um, anyway, I got a call, and he was in Miami, and uh, <clears throat> so I went with the wings on my feet. I flew out there. Uh, and I brought 
the latest Siddha Path. Davy Ma and I uh, were working on Siddha Path magazine. We had the latest copy. And so when I got there, I went to Baba's apartment. It was a big, uh, one of those big old hotels right on the ocean, um, <clears throat> Miami Beach. And I knocked on Baba's door and I gave him, came out, I gave him the magazine and I bowed to his feet. And when I saw him, I was just sort of in an ordinary state. I bowed to his feet, and when I stood up, I was in a, transformed into a divine state. It was, and I thought, oh, man. It's like the Shakti just went, filled me. And it was quite remarkable. So that's the way uh, it works. The other one, I, I almost thought of it. It was something like that. <clears throat> but um, you see, when, Bago, when Baba, I, Baba never talked about it, but I have a feeling from reading his words and contemplating him for many years that his Shaktipat experience with Bhagavan Nityananda came as a great surprise, a delightful surprise. And Baba was a great yogi already, but he knew there was a piece missing, something missing, didn't know what it was, but he felt that these great beings uh, had that peace in their possession. And when he met Bhagwan Nityananda, he thought this guy is different than the most exalted, most amazing person, complete renunciation, complete detachment, completely self-sufficient in a state of inner bliss all the time. He observed that. And so he went and, and stayed with him uh, and looked at him and tried to work out the mystery and then on this particular day, on the night of uh, August 15, 1947, suddenly Bhagwan looked into his eyes and transmitted that energy. And Baba, I don't think, was prepared for it. And he, Baba went into a cosmic state of awareness um, and began the whole process. So it was quite remarkable. So we celebrate that tonight. And uh, I think um, Swami Durgananda sufficiently told the story of that day. Uh, so my way of celebrating it is to dip into my secret archives um, of uh, transcripts of Baba's talks, which, which uh, I have. Uh, and I found one. And this has nothing to do with this day, except that it always has to do with it. And I found a, a, an interesting thing. It's, um, oh, I should, should a few pictures, right? So you can coach me when I forget. So, so this was a very popular picture when I first got to Ganeshpur's. That's pretty contemporary with, with uh, when I met Baba. Uh, one of his funny hats. And uh, great luminosity and beauty. Next. This, this is later. This is one... He was on tour, probably the third world tour, uh, a little later in the, uh, what was it, in the, in the late, mid to late 70s. That was quite uh, Maybe, yeah. He's, he's leading a chant there. And next. And then since it's Divya Dikshadin, here's a picture from um, Kailas Nivas, Bhagwan Nityananda's uh, ashram in Ganeshpuri village and Bhagwan is sitting uh, on one of his familiar little perches which are th 
threaded throughout the ashram. There's several these strange uh, concrete slabs. And Baba is looking at him adoringly. Uh, Neff. And uh, the same. Oh, now he's standing. <laughs> uh, so, so is that it? Okay. So what I picked out in the, in the, in the transcript from an interview with Baba from a journal called the East-West Journal, um, which, which was originated in Boston. I don't know if any of you know this journal. I don't know why you would know it. It, it, was, it began in the 70s and lasted to the mid-80s. Uh, it might have been a precursor of yoga journal. I don't know quite what the relationship was, but at that time there was a lot of interest in meditation, Eastern teachings. There were uh, yogis coming to the West, and, uh, and so there was a, a need for that. And this journal talked about the relationship of East and West and the great teachings of the great beings and so on. Uh, and yeah, I read it. I, uh, uh, from time to time I read it, but they came. Uh, when Baba was in Boston, and the journal was published there. This was in 1979, an interview with Baba. Uh, do you remember the East West Journal? I bet you nobody else here does. I don't know. <clears throat> You're either too young or too Australian. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so the interviewer. Says, uh, we have an interview prepared if we can plug in our equipment. <laughs> so it's getting ready. Baba says, How are you? Interviewer, fine, thank you. Baba says, In India, it's the custom to ask guests, How are you? Interviewer, it's very, very nice of you to see us and take the time. We appreciate it very much. Baba, you also are needed for the world. <clears throat> These days, you, you, uh, you are the daily Bible, I mean, the, the journalists. <clears throat> and on Sundays, you have Jesus' Bible at the churches. So you are the real Bible for everybody. Everybody reads you. Everybody reads the newspapers. and <clears throat> People read the magazine every day. They don't read the Bible every day. So your magazine is the Bible for them. The real Bible, they read that only on Sundays. <laughs> Interviewer, someday the Bible will be in our magazine, he says. Baba says, it is already. The real meaning of the Bible is wisdom, knowledge. The knowledge of God, and that is inside, inside the Bible. Well, no, it's inside the person. From inside, it has come out. It is in the form of the book known as the Bible. So that's the way Baba looked at the Bible, the embodiment of wisdom. <clears throat> Interviewer, may we ask our questions? Baba, yes. Interviewer, okay. The first question is, what are the attributes of a person who is God realized? <laughs> Good start, huh? Baba says, Truly speaking, he's free from attributes. God is free from attributes. He's not, it's not about attributes. He's broken down the wall of attributes. 
In simple words, the God-realized being experiences equality all the time. It comes out of him. For him, all religions are the same. All classes are the same. All actions are the same. All individuals are the same. All countries are the same. He sees the same equality in all of them. So externally, he experiences that equality in all of that. These are his attributes. All religions are the same. All individuals are the same. All actions are the same. All classes are the same. If he doesn't experience this equality in all of them, then he's not God-realized. He's a fake. A realized being sees his own self in everybody. It doesn't matter who that person is. Swami Ramakrishna Paramahansa was practicing Christianity for a while. Now, many of you have read something about uh, Ramakrishna Paramahansa, 19th century, magnificent saint, and a very peculiar kind of saint. Uh, and he did his own practice. He took on the different uh, teachings of all the different religions. They said he took on the attitude of Hanuman, the monkey god, and uh, he grew a tail during that sadhana. He was so, he was so, so absorbed in it. This is the story. <clears throat> and he became uh, uh, Christian, he became Islamic, and so on. He said, Baba says, he saw Jesus as Kali, his chosen deity. He was a worshiper of Kali, the, the form of the goddess Kali, a very intense form of the goddess. <clears throat> he said, Baba says, he wasn't afraid that he was seeing something else other than his own deity. And when he was following the Sufi religion, he saw Muhammad as his Kali. <clears throat> He's a God-realized being who has this awareness that all religions are equal. This is the outer attribute of a God-realized being. Interviewer, that's a good attribute. Thank you. <laughs> He's already got shocked that he doesn't, he's lost his brains. <clears throat> Baba, this is our general point of view. Love for all beings, love for all societies. Before we saw differences between religions, but once we became God-realized, the bubble or the balloon of that duality bursts. Interviewer. There are many gurus in America these days. Many people who say they're gurus how can one know the validity of someone who says they're a guru? Baba. The reason why there are so many gurus in America is because there are so many different types of disciples. The different types of disciples need different types of gurus. A person looks for his guru according to his own worthiness. Therefore, there are different types of gurus because there are different kinds of people. For example, I don't drink brandy or take any drugs. Can everybody accept me? Very few. <laughs> so I'm not a guru for everybody, he says. <clears throat> Interviewer. <clears throat> so how, comes, how can someone discern that they've found their guru? Baba. To find a true guru, you have to become a true disciple. Only then will you find the real guru. Otherwise, you won't. Only a true disciple can find the right guru, not anybody else interviewer. My question, you see, and this is, a, it's a spiritual journal, otherwise, 
if Bob was interviewed by a, a, a normal magazine, the questions would be very, very different. So this is more direct to the past, so it's very interesting, isn't it? <clears throat> you know, they would ask, what do you think of America? And what are you about meditation? And Bob would say, everyone should meditate, and it would be like that, you know, but this is different. My question for Bob is, what checks are there to prevent egotism in the spiritual life for a spiritual leader? Baba, generally speaking, a spiritual leader doesn't have that kind of ego. He has turned into, it, is, it has turned into God, that means his ego. A great being said, the inner pure I is God. That when you turn within and experience the I consciousness, the self, the deepest part of that that's not identified with attributes is God, is the divine. He says, therefore, for such a great being, his inner I, his ego, turns into God. And I've said many times that one of the great teachings that Baba gave me that really transformed me was when he said, always contemplate I am the self. I am the self. He's saying, go beyond attributes go beyond personal qualities, likes and dislikes, and find that which is eternal within you. It's within every person, but it's beyond the personal. You have to go very deep within and find that place, and that's the divine inside. So he says, <clears throat> he doesn't have to keep his ego in check because he doesn't have that ego. It is merged with God. Interviewer, I have another question I wanted to ask. As a guru, does Baba feel that he's still growing spiritually? <laughs> what would Baba say to that? Yeah? Baba says, I don't feel I'm still making progress spiritually because I am spiritual now. <laughs> Such a smart guy, huh? <laughs> I'm spiritual now. <clears throat> Interview, that answers my second question. Baba, as a guru, how do you take on the karma of someone who's following you? And how many people are you really able to do this for? <clears throat> so, uh, when I read, read that and heard it, it reminded me of a thing uh, that my old friend from those days, Yogi Ram, uh, told me his story. So I don't know whether to read his story first or this. I'll do, do it this way. But uh, here's, uh, here's me, and, me and Yogi Ram, <laughs> Kirka 1980, in Los Angeles. <clears throat> he, and so I called him up. I'm still in touch with him. <clears throat> uh, and uh, I said, and I wrote down, what? You like that? <laughs> you look the same, Sanji. Huh? You look the same. Yeah, well, sure. Okay, see, Gargi's telling me. Yeah, I was telling you about... You were telling us the story about 
That's how it happened. See, I forgot. This is really juicy part. <laughs> and the phone rang, and it was him. And it was him. He was telling me that Gil Hodges got into the Hall of Fame. Was that what he did? Yes. <laughs> you don't know anything about that, so forget about it. Yeah, go ahead. It's baseball. That's, you know. Anyway, go on. So, we, so then you said to him, I was, I was just talking about you. It was, about yeah. This, yeah. This thing that happened to you. And then so he told us the story. And we wrote it down. So here's what happened. This is when he first met Baba. Uh, actually, it was before I met Baba. It was like on Baba's first world tour. Uh, and Yogi Ram was uh, at that time a spiritual dabbler in California. He was one of those California guys. <laughs> and uh, Yogi says, when does the guru take the karmas of the disciple? He asked Baba. And Baba said, <laughs> sorry. Why should an old man like me <laughs> suffer for the sins you've done? <laughs> right then, um, Yogi became his disciple. <clears throat> then the question arises, Baba said, do you want to give yourself to the guru or just your karma? Give yourself to the guru or just your karma? And then Professor Jane, and he just sat there stunned. <laughs> and Professor Jane, who was translating, said, Baba wants you to answer his question. <laughs> and Yogi said, uh, you should give yourself to the guru. And Baba sat back in his seat with a big smile and said, very good. If you give yourself completely to the guru, he will also take all of your karma. <laughs> a great story. And then at the end of the day, Yogi said, Baba said, there was a very good question today. So he became his disciple in that moment. So here's what Baba said to the uh, East-West Journal. You like that? That's great. <clears throat> I love when that happens, when people call me from uh, 40 years ago and suddenly they're on the phone and just when I'm thinking about them. <clears throat> Baba. <laughs> Baba says, if anybody's following my path, there's no giving or taking of karmas. However, a guru kindles the fire of knowledge in his student. And it's that fire of knowledge which burns all the karmas, the shakti. If you're a patient and I'm a doctor, I don't have to take your disease to cure you. <laughs> all that I do is just give you the right medicine. People have this idea that a spiritual teacher takes the disciple's karma. And I don't accept that. But I do agree with this. He gives his light to us, and with that light, he burns all our karmas. Interviewer. The next question is, where does the guru fit into the community? And how do you see spiritual community today? <clears throat> Baba. Now it gets very uh, interesting in some different way. Baba says, the guru plays a major role in a community for a wise person, just as his prana, the life force of your breath, is very important for your body to have. In the same way, the guru is that important in the community. Thus, the ocean of worldliness, this is the ocean of worldliness, and there is a boat, and the guru is the captain of the boat. 
the boat that takes you across the ocean of worldliness. You have to have the right guru who can take you across safely. <clears throat> and it's a sad commentary that uh, how little the guru is understood or accepted in the West. It shows, it, in, a, in a nutshell, the, the illness of society. <clears throat> but anyway, Baba says, I see that spirituality is growing here, 1979, uh, in America. <clears throat> we can even put it in this way, people are awakening towards spirituality. People's feelings are in the direction of spirituality. Feelings towards spirituality are growing more and more. And we certainly in those days had that feeling that it was, and I think we still have the feeling that spirituality is growing. Do you have that feeling that it's growing? Not so much or some? Yeah, it's, it's not as fast as we would have wanted, is it? But anyway, <clears throat> uh, interviewer. <clears throat> what suggestions do you have for someone who seeks God-realization that doesn't live in an ashram? Baba, it's wrong understanding to think that you can have God-realization only in an ashram or only in the church or only in a mosque. God is independent, and you can have realization of God no matter where you are. He can become manifest within no matter where you are. Even if you realize God in the ashram, you have to realize God inside yourself, not in the ashram room. <laughs> so it's not about where you live. Interviewer. Many people in the world seek a guru for that. Is it possible to have God realization without a guru? What do we say to that one? <clears throat> ashram is very helpful, by the way, for realization. I'll just say that. <clears throat> Baba, God himself is the supreme guru. It's not that you have to be in the company of the guru constantly. Even if you've been in his company just for a while, even that is enough. When you're ready, when you're worthy enough, God takes you to meet your guru. Our Yoga Sutra says the inner self, the inner consciousness, is the guru of all the ancient gurus. It's a quote from Patanjali. His name is Om and is the guru of all gurus. That is the supreme guru. As long as you keep speak, seeking, as long as you have the longing to attain that, you'll have God and you'll have guru right inside. <clears throat> Interviewer. Many gurus claim to be the perfect guru for the earth at this time. Why did they make that claim? <clears throat> they claim to be avatars and things like that. Baba, it is the weakness of their understanding. It's nothing special. It's not a major disease. <laughs> so something we could forgive them. Very cute. <clears throat> Interviewer, is diet an aspect of your teaching? <clears throat> now listen carefully to this, okay? Baba, yes. I teach that the food that you eat should be very good, very beautiful, and it should be alive. <clears throat> it should have some life. <clears throat> it should be able to uplift you. The food should be fresh. I don't like canned food. You put the food in a can for six months and then you eat it. In the kitchen, they're cooking food. 
They cook fresh vegetables, fresh bread. Food should have some life. That kind of food is very good. Natural food is much better. Food that you get from nature, vegetables like that. <laughs> Recently, someone said to me, what opinion do you have about fish or meat? I said, I have no opinion. <laughs> For example, I have no opinion. Now listen. For example, there is an elephant in the jungle, and it's so big, it's very big. When the elephant brushes his body against the wall, it can make the wall fall down. An elephant eats grass. So what's the big deal about meat or fish? Elephants eat vegetables, and they are strong. <laughs> so I have no opinion whether you should eat vegetarian food <laughs> or the other type. This is what I have to say. I'm 70 years old, and I've never had to eat them, and I still feel very healthy and strong. See, being less than candid. Anyway, no, he never made that demand. <clears throat> Interviewer, this is even more interesting, this one. <clears throat> For people with children, how can the parent maintain the child's natural knowing of God and yet teach the child to live in this society? Baba. This is a great question for today. Now listen to this. For two minutes, you should turn off your tape recorder. So you get the feeling that it's going to confide some, you know. Baba says, generally speaking, it's a big problem <clears throat> for our children in the world right now. The parents should take responsibility for that. To train your children very well, first of all, the parents have to be trained very well. Before I came here, I had been to Delhi. One of the reporters who interviewed me asked me, how can we educate the children very well? I said, you don't have to think about how to educate the children very well. First of all, the parents should be educated very well. As you sow, so you reap. My mother was a great yogini. My father was a great devotee of God also. They didn't have to teach me how to become a yogi. Naturally, I became a yogi. The parents should try to resolve problems first in themselves, only second in the children. <clears throat> when a woman is pregnant, she should have great feelings. <laughs> this is Baba's angle, it's really wonderful. <clears throat> That's the way we can help the fetus very well inside. Even before that, before they conceive the child, the parents should have great feelings. Recently in Newsweek, I read that in America, there are nine million people who are suffering mentally. <laughs> Four million of them have lost their brains completely. <laughs> Most of them were Republicans. <laughs> Every year they have a million and 500,000 mentally going bad. The reason that's happening is because parents haven't learned how to conceive a child. That's why everyone's gone mad. Our Indian scriptures begin from here, the process of birth. They just don't speak about God or spirituality. That's not the beginning of the scriptures. The beginning of the scriptures is the process of birth. When the parents are making children, they should be very quiet. Very serene, very tranquil, free from anger. 
But here they take drugs, they drink alcohol, and they do one thing or another, and then one thing or the other comes out. <laughs> Is that why he's turned off the... the uh... Bob's got wonderful angle on things, doesn't he? Many children are suffering mentally. When you take drugs and drink alcohol, it affects the elements of your body. When something goes wrong with the elements of the body, it also reaches the sexual fluid in the body. It agitates the sexual fluid, and then that's how they conceive the children, and the children mentally suffer. Therefore, first of all, the parents should think about it very well. <clears throat> in front of the children, now this is Baba, in front of the children, parents should behave themselves very well. They should observe very good conduct. Children should not imbibe bad habits from them. So he's turned it around to the parents. Huh? <clears throat> when the parents come back from the office, from their work, they start fighting with each other, and the children watch them fighting with each other until they go to sleep. They are still fighting, and the children see that. When they themselves do such things, What's the use crying over their children? You can write the following thing. So now he says, he says this is all off the record. He says, you can write the following thing. If the parents are addicted to fighting, then they should fight with each other after the children have gone to bed. <laughs> <clears throat> they should close the door and fight. They should behave themselves very well in front of the children so that the children learn good conduct. Because every feeling that we have, every thought that we have, does affect the elements of the body. Therefore, the parents themselves should be very good, their entire being. That's great for children. And they should be good and completely good. Interviewer, that's wonderful stuff, isn't it? Interviewer, in marriage, if one of the people in the marriage feels a spiritual calling, they desire the spiritual life, and their mate is adverse to it, what do you see generally winning, the marriage or the spiritual life? Common, uh, common issue. <clears throat> Baba says, many couples bring the same complaint. The husband is interested in it, and the wife is not. Or the, the wife is interested in it, and the husband is not. And if the husband and wife are interested in it, then the children are not. So it's a big problem. However, both of them should agree with the same thing. The husband as well as the wife, they should have disagreement. Even if one does not take interest in that, the other one should not oppose it either. And so they should agree to let the other one to be spiritual, not to get in the way. If a wife doesn't like her husband going to a priest, she should, not keep, she should keep that to herself. She should not encourage him, uh, discourage him from going to the priest. She should allow him to be free. Then there won't be any obstruction in their married life. They should get along with each other. Nonetheless, both, if both of them agree with the same thing, then it's great for family life. There are many husbands who complain, saying their wives do not like being in spiritual life. It's my belief that if both the husband and wife take interest in spiritual life, then they can get more joy from their family life too. So that's the idea of both participating. <clears throat> Interviewer, 
What responsibility do you feel uh, that an individual has for the conditions of the world? And how does Baba see that someone can deal with that? Baba, the world belongs to every individual. It's not that it belongs to some other individual. If a person thinks that the world belongs only to him, then that's foolishness. It belongs to every individual, everybody. Therefore, every individual is responsible for the condition of the world, and every individual should have the following feeling towards the world, the feeling of respect, so that the world can make progress. It's not good to take away somebody else's freedom, and it's not good according to the law of God. So he's saying that the, the attitude is everything, isn't it? <clears throat> Interview, what advice does Baba have as an observer uh, for Christians or Christianity? Baba, for me, all religions are equal. I don't have anything particular to say. All religions are dear to God. Just as for every person, his house is dear to him, uh, this body is dear to him, the same way for every person, the religion that he follows is dear to him. If there's love, then that's God. Interviewer, does Baba have a message or something he'd like to say at this time for the readers? Baba, it's not just for your readers, but for the entire world, for every person. I say, regard every person with respect. Consider God's creation the same for everybody. Many reporters usually ask me, what is your final message? So I always say, meditate on your own self, worship your own self, understand your own self, respect your own self. Your God dwells within you as you. And the Hindi of that is, Baba used to say this all the time, apkujao, apkupujo, apkuvando, apkusanmankaro, apmenhi, apkaram, apkahokar, rahatahe. Meditate on the self, honor the self, worship the self, kneel to the self. God dwells within you as you. <clears throat> Baba says, this is Shaivism. All countries are equal, all religions are equal, all castes are equal, all actions are equal, all men and women are equal. That is humanity. This is the ladder to make progress. This is the key to heaven. This is the power of a magnet to attract God to yourself. To be different from this is to live while weeping. Interviewer, thank you very much. Awesome interview, is it not? Is Baba not the greatest? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> that's beautiful. Let's meditate. We'll meditate for 10 minutes. And we'll meditate on the self. We'll honor the self. We'll worship the self. Knowing that God dwells within us. In our innermost recess, in our most intimate space, there is divine consciousness, there is divinity, there is perfection, there is love, there is peace, and it just is a matter of our finding it, discovering it, and going to that place within. So let's meditate now for 10 minutes. And once again, with great respect and love on the occasion of the divine day of initiation, 
I welcome all with all my heart. Sat Gurunath, Ram Ski Jai. Let's meditate.